Well, have you, um, I hope you, have you been, I'll ask a question. Have you been reflecting at all on the substance of the past month or messages, even last week's message? Who is speaking to, through us as we are in him, living in him, and him in us, and as we share the good news of Jesus Christ? The Father speaking through us. The Father's doing the works. He speaks to us through Jesus by the Holy Ghost. And I think a lot of times, I remember when we first got saved, it was, uh, we were, grew up in a Christian denomination. We were told about the Trinity, Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to reveal to you which denomination it was, but it was Nomine Patri Filii Spiritus Sancti. Well, it was Roman Catholicism. And um, when it came time to pray the prayer of faith personally for me and accept Jesus Christ, uh, you know, I was pointed to Jesus. And I was, it was explained to me that God's intention was never to create another religion. That he was providing a way for a friendship and a fellowship personally. Amen. It was about a relationship so regardless of all the teaching I had had of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and different prayers that we had learned, and et cetera, et cetera, when it came time and you said, Ray, you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sin and da-da-da-da-da, la-da-da-da-da. But when I came to pray that prayer, it seemed like the most awkward prayer I had ever prayed in my life because I knew it was sincere. I knew this was the intersection. Intersection of... Entering into a, a true relationship with the Lamb of God. I knew that. And it was scary, quite honestly. But I, I, felt, I remember fumbling uh, uh, God, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Uh, and I remember trying to recycle and go through all the different teaching that had been implanted in me over the years. And I'm like, uh, you know, uh, um, Mary wasn't even mentioned in this prayer of salvation. So I'm kind of like confused. <laughs> But I remember Jesus. When I said Jesus, something on the inside resonated. And I knew that that was the one I had to go to. I had to come to the cross. It was at the cross I saw my Savior. It was at the cross that I saw what, how much the Father loved me. And it was at the cross where I gave my heart, my life, and even my guitar to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, yes, Carol, that was giving up everything at the time. Amen? And if nothing else, God knew that that was the deal. <laughs> God knew how sincere I was at that point. <laughs> you have to be willing to give up your guitar, Dan. And your hair. <laughs> so who who are we carrying who lives in us who do we carry to and fro the presence of God New Testament said about Jesus that in him the God had lived fully the fullness of the God had dwelt in him bodily. Amen?
So the, we saw last week, John 14, Jesus' discourse with Philip and the disciples. Amen? About the Father. Now, I, I find myself, I realized last week when, when I listened to the message again, that I, we went over the same scriptures we had gone over two weeks previous. But yet those scriptures in the first three weeks ago, the, the message, what I thought was going to be on the gifts of the Spirit, was remove the grave clothes. That's what was coming out. That seemed to be the theme that the Holy Spirit wanted you personally to hear, all of us collectively, but each one individually. It's not just a message to fill up a, a service and assembly time. So you and I need to realize that God is saying something to me today. Like, for example, three weeks ago, that demeanor when you come and we assemble together in love, that we expect to be equipped. And part of that equipping three weeks ago was on this subject and importance of reevaluating our life and, and, and judging ourselves, not judging others. Judging ourselves not in a critical way, but appraising. Appraising my life. Amen? Are you appraising your life? Are there any grave clothes keeping me back from being a, a greater witness for the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, pastor, you don't know my personality. God does. When God gives all these four primary personality groups to different ones as he delights. And every, I want to say this too, that be, uh, every personality expression is part of God's delight and part of God revealing who he is. Some are more outgoing, some are more ingoing. <laughs> some are more, amen? Amen? Some are more reflective. Some are, seem to be, a little, I, I don't want to use the word introverted, even though it's a reality. Sometimes people are more introverted because of the way they've been, their personality does factor into it. But here's some good news, too. You can take this to the bank. And this isn't a Christian statistic, the most introverted person in his or her lifetime will touch 10,000 lives. The most introverted person in their lifetime, should they leave a regular life, say eight, 70, 80 years, in their lifetime will touch 10,000 impact, maybe not Directly, but their life will impact 10,000 lives. How about the guy that led Billy Graham to the Lord? No idea of what God had in store for that evangelist. Amen? Led him to the Lord, and you know, we all know who Billy Graham is, right? Amen? How many lives did that man, who could have been very introverted, but let share the love of God with Billy Graham? He gets saved. And all the souls that have come into the kingdom as a result of his ministry, he gets rewards for the introvert. But the point there is, Father has entrusted to you and I, as sons and daughters, to be his witness. To be his expression. To exude his love. 
his grace to communicate his mercy. Amen? Well, glory. Open your Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, please. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Josh, you with me? (laughs) New King James Version, buddy. Let's read this in unison, shall we? Together. Let's all read it out loud and please be involved and be engaged. Okay? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So this is a part of the letter of Paul. But let's say it this way. It's the heart of the Father through Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, through Paul, to the church at Corinth. So therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Say steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. So... This isn't to the fivefold offices in Ephesians 4.11 or to the pulpit ministry. This letter from the Father to the church is for every one of us. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. What's, what's steadfast mean to you? Well, kind of like this is almost a, an amplified version, isn't it? Steadfast, immovable in your faith. Steady in your faith. Steady in your faith. I'll insert in this portion, if you would, uncompromised. uh, There's a saying in Christendom, if God said it, that settles it. Amen? Oh, no, I'm sorry. If God says it, if God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. Amen. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. And I heard a minister from uh, up north in New Jersey, a great word church. And he said, you know what? That's a nice saying. But he said, it really needs to be tweaked. And I said, well, you know, he said it to a congregation. I was in that assembly at that time. And he said, if God said it, that settles it. We need to choose whether we believe it or not. And I'd, it's amazing how you can tweak things. I, I was saying to Carol, there's a, uh, one of the uh, game apps that are out there. It's called Word Connect. You know, and it's, you look at the different letters. You've got to come up with the words. It gives you a, it's like a word puzzle kind of thing. But let's say six letters appear in a circle. And you can spin them or whatever else. But it's amazing to me. I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking... The more I spin that thing to see the reconfiguration of the same letters, I'm able to see more words. If I look at the very first screen, I pull so many words out of it. But when I change the configuration of even the different letters that aren't making up a word directly, 
But the refiguring of the same letters empowers me to see more of what the content is. Hence, he says to Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Because as you meditate on the word, now I, I was thinking about this and I was connecting all these dots. So what happens? Mark Wilhite came in last week. I picked up on this message. I'm endeavoring to get the gifts of the spirit, but it was a, the theme or the focus that the Lord had last week's message was the works of the father. And so right now in the body of Christ, there's a, what the enemy, the devil is endeavoring to do is to overwhelm us with the things, the news, all these different gates of information. He's trying to flood the media, flood the airwaves with negativity, all the things that are wrong, rather than we flooding, making choices in our lives of what's going to wash our brains, of what's going to create greater faith in our lives to be a greater witness. See, everyone in here is a witness, but let me, I'll put, I'm not going to say a failed witness, but let me put five categories out here for you and I to be honest about our light, his light, our stewardship of his light in us. And there's a scale, and I say poor, fair, good, very good, or excellent. Poor, am I, and I have to ask, I have to ask myself, am I a poor witness of the Lord? Amen. Excuse me. That's a good verb. Am I a fair witness of the Lord? Say, A, am I, well, let's go to the next step. Am I a good witness of the Lord? Maybe I am. And if I am, I need to say, well, Ray, are you a, a very good witness of the Lord? Ray, are you an excellent witness of the Lord? (laughs) See, by DNA in the new birth, God sees you and I as the excellent witnesses. But we don't get a cape and a phone booth with our conversion. Or even the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't get a cape and a phone booth. There are choices that you and I have to make to grow up in him. He doesn't force us. We always have the, the, the free will and the choice to say, you know what, Lord, I want your very best. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to go after it. So Paul is telling you and I, and this is all going to sink together. And you and I becoming a greater witness and having greater impact in the earth. I am ready to have a greater impact on society. I want my life to count. Do you know that if you seriously make a decision and choice to say, God, I am selling out 100% to you for the rest of my life. In one year, he could do more than all your previous years of your Christian walk. 
He can open one door that could absolutely cause you to be such an, have such a great impact on your family or loved ones or, or neighbors or in the workplace or in the mission field. Amen? I think every Christian should go on a missions trip. Absolutely. Get out of this country. Get into a third world country, another country, maybe not third world, a second world country. If we're, if we're considered a first world country, get at least to a second world country. See what others ha- don't have that you, we have. Amen. It wasn't pleasant in some of the nations we've been in. When the government shuts the water off, turns the electric off for a day or a couple of days, just to remind you who's in charge. And just to remind you, you need to be grateful that I allow you to have water. You should be grateful that I, the dictator of this nation, empower the government to turn the electric on for you. You should be grateful. How about North Korea? The military gets all the benefits and the people suffer. What kind of, what kind of craziness and sanity is that? They are so oppressed. Do we even pray for North Korea? What's the focus? Pray against Kim, whatever his face is, the dude with the weird haircut. You know, let's pray for him. Some people are praying. We pray that he gets taken out. Some people are praying for him to be assassinated. And I'm thinking, God, have mercy on his soul. Jesus died for Kim Young, whatever his name is. Jesus died for him. And he is the devil's puppet. Does he have, he has apparently no comprehension of what hell is going to be like for eternity. Why? What ver- do you have verse and chapter for that? Yeah, I do. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, if perhaps they should see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So now, as a witness in the earth, part of my responsibility in praying for the nations, Jesus said, My house, my father's house, shall be a house of prayer for the nations. In Isaiah 56, he said, I will even make my people joyful in the house of prayer when they pray for the nations and for God's kingdom to come. See, he's not looking for tiny Tim Christians. He's looking for men and women who have combat boots on with their wedding dress. Men and women who are carrying AR-15s in the spirit. And we're saying, blood, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Have some of that, devil. And glory. Brethren, at Good News in Barrington, be steadfast. Immovable. Hey, I'll tell you what, I, I, when I look at this stuff and I think, I hear the words, I say them. I'm like, Rah! I just feel something in here. I, it, it challenges me. 
It's like, Jesus lived this way. He was steadfast, immovable, loved the people. But who was he really tough on? He was tough on the religious leaders. So he's saying, beloved, read this a minute. Therefore, my beloved brethren, Paul loved them. You talk about going from light, darkness to light. Paul had such revelation or understanding, natural uh, intelligence, I mean, great intelligence, brilliant guy, understanding the law and the prophets, magnificent mind. But in in light of the revelation and being tutored, the scripture says, by Jesus in the desert for three years. That ain't bad tutoring. I could go for some of that mentorship. Amen. But we too are to be tutored by Jesus, the word, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Everybody in here can be absolutely individually mentored by the anointed one in his anointing. I love that phrase. And Ken Copeland used to say it all the time. The anointed one in his anointing. That's who we have. That's in him we live and move and have our being. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing Being confident, assured that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, let's let's get this, you know, again, this alive. Hebrews tells us that the word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And as a judge of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, Father, I thank you that the scripture is telling me and encouraging me, exhorting me to be a student of the word of God, to be diligent, to present myself approved unto God. Right. Amen. Amen. To be steadfast in my faith. Listen, I'll tell you what, all hell is breaking loose against the truth and Christianity in its purest form. The devil's trying to dilute, diminish in our nation. I want to say this, for some in here, maybe not on your watch, but it's on our watch now. This nation does not have to be lost. This nation can absolutely be transformed and reformed to get back to its godly roots. And it can be. By what? By people who are in this posture. People that say, yes, God, use me. Hallelujah. Say that, you know, we need to have that resolve. Not on my watch. If Esther was born for such a time as she was for the preservation of her people, God's people, she had a choice to make. You know, we've seen the movies or whatever else. We know the story. But she put her very life on the line 
she was going to take an action that according to the culture, she should be assassinated, killed on the spot for approaching the king without him requesting her. And of course, Mordecai had confidently, lovingly, and, and urgently said, listen, the fate of Israel is with you. But for such a time as this, Esther, God has raised you up. But if you can't and don't fulfill this, my God will raise somebody else up. Say, for such a time as this, I've been born to impact and influence society. So what does God do? He pulls you into a local body of believers to begin to exercise this with people you can trust or you learn to trust. A lot of folks are coming out of bad, brutal situations, and their trust level is down. They've been hurt in churches, and it's like, I don't mm, mm. <laughs> Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as some have, even more as the day approaches. But, Lord, I know your word says that, but... Can I trust this congregation? Can I trust these leaders? So, what does that reveal right away? That the devil is trying to defrock faith. Defrock trust in God's leaders. We saw a whole history of it from the 80s on up. Falls. Stuff being exposed. You know, the scripture says, your sin will find you out. Those things done in secret will come to light. Amen. It's not if, it's just a matter of when. Amen. Go to Ephesians 4.12 with me. Ephesians 4.12, Joshy. <clears throat> so the, the work of the ministry in Ephesians 4.11, Paul names the offices and the functions, I could say the contractors <laughs> that are in the kingdom of God that he's put in his church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for this purpose. Why do I need to go to church at all? I can go to St. Mattress of Apollo and turn on Christian TV and get fed. Well, because the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly. That we are living stones built upon one another, not built upon electronics. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Let's read it together, everybody. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now back to verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. So the primary reason for, say, the pulpit, not, not just in the congregation, it can be in homes. It, can be, it could be in a car for crying out loud. That you're with one of the five-fold offices. And I'm not just put, trying to highlight my five-fold offices, but they have a work in the body. It's a very 
important work. And I want to say it this way. It's not a better work than he's called us all to, but it is a greater work because of the lives it touches. But this is for all of us, for the body, for the equipping of the saints. Hallelujah, you're a saint. Say, I am a saint. Tell your neighbor, I'm a saint, glory to God, even if you do know me. (laughs) That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, that's 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 a powerful statement there. In other words, don't follow my mistakes and failures. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's a safe place. How about in the Christian home? Follow your parents as they follow Christ. Safe place. Are your parents perfect? I wasn't a perfect parent. I wanted to be. You know, you you endeavor to be as good as you can be. But I had found out something. You know, you think something just because you can father offspring or produce offspring doesn't make you a mature husband or a mature father. How do we mature in our in any area of life? Through knowledge. From the word. But guess what? Carol said to me for years, she would say, read a book. <laughs> read a book. I said, I've got the word of God. <laughs> you know, I don't need no books. As Smith Wigglesworth said, this is the Bible said that he was a plumber, or not the Bible, but history. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber and not a big reader, and he said that the only book he read was the Bible and got the results that he did. So I thought, well, I was a pipe fitter. Glory to God, I'm going to read the Bible. I said, read books, get more knowledge, get more knowledge. And I would... But, you know, Carol ended up becoming a bookworm. Hallelujah. Amazon, 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 Amazon. I'm like, honey, we've got to balance our checkbook here. You know, these bank accounts, Amazon, this book, that book, this book. Well, you know, we've got a library. And I've got my library. Proud Ray. Forget Proud Mary. Rolling, rolling. <laughs> I got my word. Hallelujah. Why should I open myself up to learn from other men about how to be a better husband? Successful men. Men that have taken the word and also the practical things of relationship that can help me be a better husband, a better father. Now, a better grandfather. You know, people say, you know, uh, I, I, I love this portion of Proverbs. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. <laughs> well, describe inheritance. A Gibson, Les Paul, right? Yeah, yeah get out of here, you monkey. According to the scripture, well, it's a whole different scenario, too. 
every family or farm represented, every family had, in Judaism, most of them, they had a business. And the more children you had, literally, they converted as they participated in the family business. That was money saved up front than employing people. So the parents had an understanding that at 30 years old, the inheritance is communicated to them. It's not when I die. At 30 years old, I'm going to distribute to each one of my offspring when they hit 30. That ain't a bad thing. So the mindset of going into business is that think of all those years, 30 years of working in the family. Even if they were married, they, their homes were very locale. If I was a rich man, you ever see it? You know, they're, they're in the same vicinity. Amen? But the, the life exerted in the field or at the business without pay, but they had a roof over their head, they had clothes in their back, and they had food in their belly, was for their future. They knew at 30 they were going to get their allotment of inheritance or dowry. Hallelujah. They even provided dowries because most time they were getting married at like 16 years old. Say, more than enough. Say, he is El Shaddai. Yeah, but anyway, El Shaddai who lives in us calls you and I saints, and he calls and speaks to our hearts that we are all called to the work of ministry. And A, the first benefactors of the work of ministry in us and through us is the body of Christ. To edify the body. But it's not only in the local church. If you're engaged, like, for example, in evangelism or outreach for the elderly or whatever it might be, or to the poor or food ministry, no matter what it is, our whole body is edified. Amen? Maybe I can't do what you're doing. You know, or you have the opportunity to go out and do this, that, or the other thing in the name of the Lord. And, but as a local body, it's an expression of good news. If God called you to be a good news, that means, if I could say it, you're a good newsite in the body of Christ. But not a click it's an expression. It's just simply a family unit in the family of God. Amen? So God wants you and I, we saw last week in John 14, who's speaking through Jesus? Philip, have you not known me? Yet from this moment on, you have known me. Amen? Right? Isn't, isn't that what he said? And you will do the works of the Father. Hallelujah. Say works of the Father. Say, Pastor, where are we going with this? I'm glad you asked. Go to James 1. Let's look at more. I want to say guidance of Scripture. James 1, verse 25. So we're looking into the law of liberty right now. We're looking into the Word of God. The Word, say, truth sets me free. Truth sets me free. Sometimes our, 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 the, we feel incomplete. In the church. Sometimes we feel incomplete. Like there's got to be more. And I, 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 find, I found myself singing that song on occasion throughout my Christian experience. Is this all there is? Is this all there is? 
If this is all there is, my friend, then break out the booze and have a ball. If this is all there is. Say there's got to be more. See, we hit low spots. We do hit low spots. And we, the reason of the low spot is we have lost sight. The visions become obscure. Our responsibilities have become obscure. Our purpose has become obscure. Our authority has become obscure. We saw last week, Jesus said in John 14, the works that I do, you will do also and greater because I go to my Father. Oh, did he really mean that? Well, he was just talking to his apostles. Well, the rest of Scripture would correct and tweak what we think. Let's read it together, everybody. But he who looks into the perfect, out loud, and let's start again. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the what work this one will be blessed in what he does. Wow. Drop on back to verse 22 with me of the same chapter, please, Josh. Let's read it together. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself but be doers but be doers of the word doers say doers 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 doer that means Employed. Employing the word. Doing the word. Communicating the word. With actions and with words. You know, they said about St. Francis of Assisi that he made this statement. It's recorded. He said, preach the gospel. And if you have to, use words. In other words, live the Christian life. Be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, the right James is saying, but be doers of the word. Doers. Doers. Doers of the word. Doers of the word. Well, right there. There's, that's, that's demanding. It puts a demand on my being. I can feel an authority in this uh, Admonition of Scripture, guidance of Scripture, exhortation of Scripture, admonition of Scripture, however it applies to you at the moment, could be any of or all of the above. It could be, like Paul said to Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So even today, as you and I look at this word, it's profitable for what? Teaching more doctrine, clearer, clearer doctrine. Amen? 
reproof. The scripture today, because of the love of God, the, the Bible, when you come, we gather, any of these four things can be happening throughout the congregation. That's what should happen. That's what should happen today. You should be either encouraged, you know, with more doctrine or, oh, yeah, glory to God. Just like I was talking about in that word game, word connect. As you, faith comes how? By hearing and hearing and hearing. Why? Because every time you hear, it's like the words are spun. The same word, but the letters are just kind of like put in different positions. And you say, oh, there it is. Glory to God. Anybody that ever happened to anybody in here? You read that? Man, I read that verse so many times. I never saw this before. Come on. That's why we need to meditate. So I feel a responsibility. It's like there's a... a, a, a re- but let me say it this way. It's not a demand against my will. It's the demand of the DNA that I've been born of. Because we are a new species. Any man found in Christ is a new creation. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Why? Because you're born of a new DNA. Hallelujah. So DNA puts a demand, an apple seed puts a demand for that thing to crack open, to die, literally die, sink its roots down and produce a tree. First the blade. Oh, come on. Jesus uses a lot of this stuff about wheat. First the blade, then the, the, the ear, thank you, and then the full grain in the head. What's he saying? There's a process. Amen? Listen. I... I in, in the part for me, in the first part of the service here, when I, I in, in during worship, as I, I just felt that pull <sighs> to reflect on Matthew twenty four and twenty five about the wise virgins. Glory to God! Jesus said, "When the fig tree blooms, this generation will not pass away without seeing the return of the Lord." Almost every teacher of eschatology and end time prophecy says that in 1948 when Israel became a nation that's when the fig tree bloomed so do the math a generation well is it generation 20 30 or 40 let's put it this way anyone born when the fig tree bloomed then or thereafter will see the return has the potential at least according to Jesus' words that we can expect him to come Now, do the math. You don't mind if I take a little quick side journey, do you? I'll get you out of here soon. Maybe not. In Psalm 90, Moses says, The days of man are threescore and ten plus ten if the Lord gives strength, yet with sorrow. Now, I've heard a lot of different teaching and spins on this. And Mark Wilhite, God bless him. I love him dearly. He hammers 120 down. And it doesn't matter how many times I say to him, I said, tell me one word person that lived to be 120. Tell me one word person, Mark, that became 100 years old. His mom just about made it. A few. Say a few. Well, the scripture says that out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, every word's established. And I'm going to hammer this around because this is what I believe with all my heart. 
In Genesis 6, 2, said, God said the days of man will be 120 years. It was 120 years from the day he said it that the flood came. So mankind, as you know it, will not be here. That's what that meant. Then they say, well, Moses lived 120 years. And I, I was, listen, I am sincere about this, but I want to communicate this to you, and it may tweak your body. You don't have to buy into it. You can leave here today. If you want to be 120, go for it. I just want to fulfill my, my plan, his plan for my life. I don't give a rip what year I go home to be with the Lord. It don't matter a rip to me. I just want my, my mission to be accomplished. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If the, if G, how come Jesus wasn't 120? And I'm kicking something here. Well, Moses was 120. And then we have the Old Testament saints, one, not 900 years. <laughs> Moses was 120. So let, can I share with you what the Holy Spirit spoke to me? Now, he has to speak to you if this is an issue in your life. But it was an issue for me because I wanted to know what I can really work my faith for. And if I live to be 120 years, I want it to have a quality of life. I want to be moving. I want to be able to communicate. I want people changing my diaper. You know what I mean? I don't want none of that stuff. That's right. I mean, I don't give a rip about the wrinkles. We can do something about that if necessary. Amen? Super glue, whatever. And I asked the Lord. I, 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 this became very important to me. Because we, we, we were so blessed, and we had a great association. We were ordained through the word of faith expression and part of that community. But it just didn't, wasn't sitting right in my spirit. And I said, Lord, I, I'm willing to be, what did Paul say? Or, the word, or to Timothy, every scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. When I go to God, I said, Lord, I'm willing to be taught. I'm willing to be reproved. I'm willing to be corrected. And I'm willing to be trained. Whatever one fits in this regard, let me have it. <laughs> if I need reproof, give me the reproof I need. If I need to be corrected in the way I think, correct it. Help! Help! So I was praying, and I seriously pressed into God on this issue. Because I wanted to know, if I'm going to live and have a tenure in this earth, do I, A, do I need life insurance? Really? I want to calculate and be a good steward of the finances and the blessing of my life. I want to I leave an inheritance to the children's children if, if the Lord takes me home. Amen? Yeah, all then. All right. So the Holy Spirit reminded me, what did Jesus say he would do? He will remind you of the things I have spoken. So if the Holy Spirit, if you've, seen, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Holy Spirit, you've seen Jesus. Holy Spirit inspired Moses and the writers of Scripture that we have as a canon of Scripture, the 66 books. Amen? So... The days of man will be three score and ten. So the Holy Spirit takes me there, and I'm like, looking, okay, that's 70. Plus 10 if the Lord gives strength. That's 80. And then, well, how do we deal with people that are over 80 then, Lord? Well, Psalm 91. 
Long life I will satisfy them with. So anything over 80, 80 years old, as far as I can rationalize Scripture, is a perk. It's part of the long life package. Hallelujah. Amen? I mean, that, 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 make, that, that fits for me. And many other Scriptures. Say long life. Hallelujah. So, I'm asking the Lord. I said, well, Lord, what about Moses? And the, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, how long did the children of Israel wander around the mountain? He asked me that question. I said, well, 40 years. That was my answer to him. I said, well, Lord, 40 years. And he said, do the math. That's what the Holy Spirit said. He said to me, do the math. 70 plus 10 plus 40 equals... Everybody? 120. So you can have faith to live a quality life minimally 70 years. But if we go out before, who gives a rip? We're in the presence of God. Amen? I can have faith for 80 years, but I want it with a quality of life. Amen? I want to be fruitful and multiply, subdue, have dominion. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But anything over 80 is in the long life. I will bless them. With long life, I will satisfy him. Hallelujah. What happens in that long life arena, the 80 plus? You see great-grandkids. Amen? You see seed bearers. You see name carriers. Your last name and your family tree is important to God. Your family tree is important to God. And every one of us who have children, he entrusts us a responsibility to pray for our seed, to pray for generations, to decree a thing, and it will be established, and light will shine on our way. And the beauty of the Scripture is in Hebrews 11, in the Hebrews Hall of Fame, the Faith Hall of Fame, we have recorded for us that many of them were sawn in two. Many of those who believed and received the word saw it and never saw it in the natural. They saw it in the spirit. It was a done deal. It's mine. Glory to God. And they physically never saw it, but they saw it in the spirit. And because they saw it, they decreed it, they agreed with God, it came to pass, even after their home going. How did we get there? First John four, please. So he James said that in verse twenty five again, go to first John four, Josh, please, verse seventeen. But I'll just reiterate what James said in verse one chapter one, verse twenty five. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it and continues in it. Just doesn't look at it. Your Bible is not in your possession to get dust. Our Bibles are not in given to us or purchased by us to accumulate dust. They are the absolute revelation from God's Father, God the Father's heart to us and to all. We need to dive into that Bible and, and eat it. Glory to God. Amen. I really believe this with all my heart. 
If we would develop disciplines in our life and say, I will not eat physical food until I've eaten spiritual food, your life will change. Because I tell you what, hunger is a great motivation. Well, thank you, Pastor. That's a great advice. Oh, you're welcome. First John chapter 4, verse 17. You got it yet, Josh? Is he back here? Oh, he did? Okay. You have your Bibles, I trust. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Not arrogance. Boldness. Say boldness. That we, uh, I'll tell you what, I love it. Love has been perfected among us, among us. Not in you. Not in you exclusively. He's saying to the church world, love. Guys. Guys, I have designed my body for you to experience me. In a greater way. Love has been perfected among us. Right here in this meeting today. With those of us who have gathered in faith and in his name. Love is here. Love's here. And guess what? Love has been perfected. Love's being perfected in you and I today. Who's love? Christ's love. Right? Are you all here? Listen, you and I can take this to the bank. That on, hey, October 15th, 2017 at 10 a.m., I made a decision to assemble with God's people and the saints. Hallelujah. And even in the midst of believing and experiencing and trusting and giving God glory and believing for his presence to come, for the teacher to teach me, love At the same time, all this stuff is happening. Love is being perfected in my life because of my interaction with God's people. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18. Let's read it together. Everybody. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment or punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Verse 19. Say it together. We love him, because he first loved us. I, I, I had, you know, my thinking got tweaked after receiving Christ and all that stuff. I thought I chose him. <laughs> and then you get to John 15, and we all saw that pretty recently, too. You didn't choose me, Ray Shannon. I chose you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He chose you. 
Everyone in here. He chose you, the Lamb of God. Jesus of Nazareth, the risen Savior, chose you to be one of his posse. To be one of his mishpokah, his family. And by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And he's not talking about fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, glory to God. The fruits of the Spirit are involved in that, but touching lives for my glory. How do you know that? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. People say, well, that was just the apostles. There are 500 there, minimally. 500 saw him ascend into heaven. So the possibility of 500 witnesses who saw Jesus ascend to heaven heard that you go into all the world and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. God, take my father's love to him. Hallelujah. Because they've been in bondage by the devil for years. And this is the time for my love to be revealed to them. How does he reveal his love to mankind? Through the church. It's through you and I. Father's love. Listen, I believe with all my heart, Holy Spirit wants you and I to get this. And for it, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, he said in Matthew 28. All authority. Luke 10, 19. I give you authority to the church to trample on serpents and scorpions, and I give you authority over All, say all, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. We have to reconcile that. Say work. You and I, well, Jesus said it, but do you really believe that? Do we really believe that? I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. All of it. Don't let the devil tell you one thing that he's got greater power in your life. When I've given you all my authority and I've given you all my power to rule over him. So, when you, we, the reason you and I, if we're, if we're, if we're exposed, we need to be exposed, guys. Because a lot of times we think we're somewhere we're not. The Bible says, let no man, amen. Don't think more highly of yourself. But I want to say this, at the same time, don't think more lowly of yourself. Know who you are. I remember there was a teacher in the body of Christ in the Jesus movement where we, where we attended church, and we were so careful. You know, if, if you did something or God used you to do something, say, oh, praise the Lord. And somebody said, thank you to you for what you did. You said, oh, praise the Lord. You know, it's all him. No, it's not. It's not all him. It's him and you. 
You were a vessel. You yielded yourself. It's no glory for you. All the glory goes to him. But it's okay to say thank you to somebody that's been a blessing in your life. And the teacher said this. He said, when people come up to me and say, boy, that was a good word you taught. I say, thank you. (laughs) We know who the source of it is, if it's good. Amen? And he just say, praise the Lord. We're not lifting men and women up. Well, he gets the glory. We love him because he first loved us. Now, John, uh, go back to John 15, and I'm going to stop here. I just started preaching on it and didn't even realize it was the next text. John 15, 16, and 17. Joshi. Let's get this down. You and I are in him. These admonitions of Scripture, who, I'm going to say this. What, who is the Scripture talking to when you read it? It's talking to the new creation. The Scripture speaking to your spirit. And we rationalize it. You know, all of a sudden, our mind kicks in with the Scripture that's coming into our spirit through the eye gates and through the ear gates. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. I want to say this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing whatever. You listen to junk. Faith for the junk comes. You listen to minuscule stuff, unimportant information. It comes to you. Well, I've got great revelation of nothing. I've got great revelation of things that are not eternal. Whoopie-doo! Do you have any revelation of things that are eternal? I'm not against knowledge. You did not choose me. All right, Lord. I thought I did. I, 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 when I prayed the prayer, I thought I, I thought I chose him, but no, I accepted him. I accepted his calling me. I accepted him calling me through his choice. I needed to be retweeted in my thinking. I thought I chose Jesus. Uh-uh. He chose me, and I accepted his choice. But I chose you and I appointed you, everyone in here, Jesus has appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. I want to say it this way. We have a free will. But the arguments about being obedient or disobedient to this appointment I appointed you. God, Jesus, appointed you, Albert Lou, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That means protect the fruit, the lives, the seed, where you plant seed, where you express the love and life of God. And how do you do that? 
without controlling somebody's life. You do it by prayer. You share and you prayer. I'm not going to say you share and pray. You share and prayer. You share and prayer. You share the love of God and then you pray for that person. And you don't just pray one prayer. Listen, people say, I just encourage you, pray with people. If nobody else, just like Todd White took that simple thing, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Pray for me. He just thought, well, the best way for me to do this or the best way to have, get this thing moving in my life is to start asking people if I can pray for him. See, spot, run. He just took it for what it said. And here's the good news. It took nine months, ten people a day. Do the math. That's 300 people a month. Right? Times nine. That's 2,700 people he prayed for before he actually saw the physical evidence right in front of his eyes. But we have the promise and assurance that lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These signs will follow. Follow. Well, how do they follow? Well, they're fo- Albert, follow me. Well, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the anointing in his life that he's healed, well, blessed, prosperous, and everything else. Now, just follow along me. Now, I prayed for you. Oh, no, no, no. You stay right behind me. Stay right behind me. These signs will follow you. I, I'm not cognizant of the manifestation of the healing in his body. I did what God told me to do. These signs will follow you. Hey, Al, are you healed? Yes. Hey, glory to God. What did the Bible tell me to do? Lay hands on the sick and give it a shot. And give it a whiz. Try it. Yeah, take it. Try it. No, he said, they will recover. So the ingredient of faith is in you and I, the dispenser of the king. The diffuser, let's use Paul's language, diffused. The fragrance of Christ in every place. What do we have going on up here? This is a diffuser. There's actually something up there that sends the air in four different directions to try to cover a greater area of space. That's a diffuser. Heat comes out of there or air conditioning. We're blessed to have both, either or, right? But you and I are a diffuser of his presence. For, and Paul says this, for some it's unto life and for others it's unto death. But we're a diffuser of the presence of the reality of God everywhere we go. So the question is, and I, we have to bring it here, what kind of fragrance am I? You ever get a car fragrant? A fragrant thing from the car wash or something? Y'all know what I'm talking about, the fragrance for the car? What do they do? You take a scissors and it says, cut it here so it lasts longer. If you take that out of the bag and just put it in your car, it's intense. But just, it loses its ability to produce a fragrance over the long span of time. You and I are diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. What kind of fragrance am I? Am I a good fragrance? Is God, Father's love coming out of me profitable 
for my neighbors, for my family. Quote Pastor Tim when he's behind the wheel and shore traffic on Friday coming from Philly to Jersey? Is the fruit of the Spirit working then? Whose fruit is it? The fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Father. Love, peace, joy. Patience. Aren't you glad God's patient with you? I am really glad he's patient with me. And he ain't done yet. Amen? He's not done with you. I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. This translation says it this way. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you. And put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil. That the love of God flowing out of you to your family, friends, neighbors, and in the workplace, and in any kind of outreach situation you find yourself. That your fruit won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. We're going to get to the gifts of the Spirit, but you know what? The gifts of the Spirit, according to Paul, Corinthians 13, If love isn't our motive, it's noise. So here's another thing that you and I have to take time. You have to take time, guys. We have to take time and reassess. Is the love of the Father really the motive for what I do? And if not, why not? Hmm. A message was preached in the past few months here on enemies of intimacy and revelation. Maybe I need to go back and listen to that. And what were those enemies? Preoccupation and procrastination. So maybe I need to reevaluate my life. Maybe I need to listen to that message again. Wait, there's a message recently. It doesn't matter who the vessel was on faithfulness. Maybe I need to listen to that message from God the Father through his servant on faithfulness because faith comes by hearing. Oh, I know what faithfulness is. Man, don't ever have that attitude. You don't know anything about faithfulness. You know it in a seed form minimally, but it ever grows. What is God's design? And what is the comparison Jesus gives you and I? The word is like seed. We have this illustration. If you plant an apple seed, what do you get? You get a tree. A fruit-bearing tree. What does the fruit have within itself? Seed. So one seed has the ability to produce an orchard. To feed many. So God puts his seed in you and I in the expectation that you and I will be bloom into an orchard of fruit-bearing godliness. I'm done. Let's dance, shall we? I want you to do some soul searching for a moment. Let's just... 
Father, in Jesus' precious name, let's just talk to him personally. Lord, it's in you we live and move and have our being. Lord, I'm looking personally because uh, I know that you're a builder. You're a wise builder. And there's something that's shifting in, in this house, in our lives, in the content of the messages of things that are so important to you for us. And Lord, we pray and I pray. But every one of us would have the ability. And as Paul prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus and who he is and who we are because of who he is. That we are fruit bearing sons and daughters of God. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to really help us comprehend. In this past year, you said through prophecy that you were given us a gift in this house, the gift of comprehension. And I know it falls into this category of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. But Lord, I pray that we would all comprehend not just on a, on a Sunday message, but Lord, that there's a, there's like a, there's a, a, a scarlet thread through every message. One isn't greater than the other, but it builds. And you have, you have things that you're saying to us personally and corporately that we here, Lord, will blossom and be fruitful for your glory. That, Lord, that we would walk in the fullness of your provision, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Financially, that we will be a blessing. Pour it out. 